Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Price Picks. They also have a slick, easy-to-use mobile app both on the App Store and Google Play, and they're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com, and when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let me say it again. Thank you so much for being flexible with your schedule. Excited to have you on each and every single Tuesday. What's going on? Oh, yeah. Tuesdays are a great day for me. I do a lot of, uh, I guess, other media uh, on Tuesdays. And so it's kind of like a media day for me. And so uh, this fits just perfect. And 
Uh, quite frankly, it's it's probably going to be good to talk to you and your audience earlier in the week, you know, where we can do a little more reviewing than previewing, that kind of thing. And so uh, uh, I appreciate the opportunity as always. Well, on that note, JC, let's go ahead and we'll start with baseball. I feel like normally we save that for last, but let's just start on the baseball note. South Carolina uh, dropping two of three to the third-ranked, now second-ranked Arkansas Razorbacks in Fayetteville over the weekend. Big game tonight, of course, at Founders Park against Charlotte and a huge week for this ball club. The final week of the regular season, four games left at Founders Park. You know, I, I know right now the mood amongst Gamecock Nation, JC, and I'm sure you guys feel it with your commenters and people that that tune into your show. Uh, you know, I, I know the mood's not great right now, but I actually came out of the weekend, JC, feeling encouraged by what I saw. Like, I felt like the Gamecocks got back to playing their style of baseball, you know, up to the standard, if you will. The hitting just wasn't there, but, I mean, you were also asking this team to go into a place that Arkansas had lost one SEC game all season at Baum Walker Stadium. Just your overall thoughts on the weekend that was. I know you can't necessarily look at it in a vacuum, but I don't know. I feel like I'm a little bit more optimistic than most going in this final week. What say you uh, in regards to the Yardcocks? Well, I thought the, the pitching staff, they got three good starts. I mean, that was uh, – when you went from Auburn into Kentucky, that was kind of the key to the Kentucky. You got to have better starts from your starters, and that didn't happen at Kentucky. But uh, Eli Jones, 10 strikeouts on Friday. The Jack Mahoney pitched his best game Saturday. Uh, and then I thought Becker was fine on Sunday. I mean – you know, you only give up four or five runs in a, in a, in a Sunday game in the SEC to the third-ranked team in the country. That's a pretty good start. And Becker seemed to have more command and have his stuff. Um, you know, I, I thought that, yeah, the bats weren't great. Uh, uh, it's a bad time for certain guys to be uh, hit, hitting slumps. You know, thank, thank thankful for Will Tippett hitting the home run again. You know, that was awesome. But uh, I think the only home run of the, the weekend, right? Mm. But, you know, it's it's going to take time. I mean, you know, Braylon Wimmer had a pretty good, pretty big hit, uh, I think in game two, or maybe it was game one. Um, he'll get back to, to up to speed. You know, McGillis is not quite ready because, excuse me, his forearm, you know, when you bat, you need your forearm, that kind of thing. Uh, Lee Croy is just now back in the lineup. Uh, you know, Messina's back behind the plate. I thought Gavin Casas probably had a – probably one of the better series of everybody. Um, but you can kind of see it coming back together. I, I, I've, I, I, you know, teams get hot and cold. They go hot and cold at the plate. The pitching going in the tank concerned me more than anything against Auburn and Kentucky, Chris, because mm. if you don't have your pitching uh, and there's no reason not to with the arms they've got, your chances of winning in the postseason diminish quite a bit. Um and I know everybody wants to score runs. And I know everybody is remembering the 2021 regional against Virginia and ODU. This is a different team than that team. That team, unless Clark or Seitler did something, Chris, you know they they just work on score a whole lot. Uh, this team this year, different guys. I mentioned Tippett earlier. Different guys stepping up at different times. Uh, Braswell's come in and done good things. I mean, even a guy like Jonathan French in, the, in the, against North Carolina or uh, I, guess, I think Auburn – had a clutch hit. So this lineup is much deeper than that team. Uh, and uh, if the pitching comes back, you have to feel sort of uh, encouraged. And, and they did that, <coughs> excuse me, in Fayetteville. I, I think had they 
gotten swept, we you probably wouldn't take much good away from it. But uh, winning that Saturday night game was clutch. I mean, that was a clutch performance. And uh, salvaging that, uh, I think, puts them in, on a trajectory to uh, to be better for this weekend. You know, I'd say, J.C., you know, looking at this ball club, and I, I agree with everything you said, especially the pitching coming back is a, a a big piece and an encouraging sign because in the postseason, you're not going to score 10 runs a game. I mean, you need that offense to to continue to be productive, but realistically, pitching and great defense is what's going to carry you far and take you to Omaha and eventually, hopefully, win a national championship. For me, you know, getting Ethan Petrie going, you know, I, I know we, we – Maybe you're asking a lot of a true freshman, but also at this point, he's not really a true freshman anymore with all the game experience he's gotten. Um, I just noticed in that weekend, JC, you know, it felt like, especially like in that third game, for example, you know, I think there was a situation, Karen is up one nothing, and Petri comes up with two guys on two outs. And I was like, you know, earlier in the season, this feels like a moment where he would have gone yard and you would have had that momentum shifting, <clears throat> game changing type of swing. You just haven't gotten those lately from him. And it's hurt you. So, I mean, your overall thoughts, I mean, I, I don't know, you know, nobody really knows, I guess, specifically just what the answer is. That's on Monty Lee Kingston. I, I was, I'm curious tonight, do they sit him? Do they move him in the lineup? But getting Petru going, I think obviously has got to be one of the top priorities for this coaching staff moving forward. Yeah, John Whittle said uh, earlier this week that uh, he thinks Petri's pressing to play a little bit. And uh Excuse my voice. I don't know why it's gone. It's media day, right? Uh, and it, uh, and then on the broadcast, uh, and I want to say this about the Arkansas broadcasters. I thought they, of all the the like road game broadcasters around the league, those guys did a hell of a job. Yeah, I mean, it good. was they were really good. I couldn't, I you know, if I were just kind of Joe Schmo watching the game, I couldn't tell that they were aligned with Arkansas at all. And they said they had talked to Kingston, and then Kingston said, you know. Petrick's trying to hit a four-run home run, five-run home run when he's up at the plate. Uh, and that happens sometimes with young players, especially ones that have had success. So I absolutely agree. They need to get him going. And I thought Sunday, Chris, the Gamecocks had their opportunities. I mean, uh, what was it, first and third with nobody out? Uh, I think they got to two outs, and I think Casas hits a rocket right at their pitcher. You know, mm-hmm. almost I almost thought that defensive play by their pitcher – got him going and was able to get him uh, to cruise for the rest of the way. I think that fired him up. But, uh, you know, sometimes that's just luck. That's the way the ball goes. I mean, you know, that's not going to happen uh, every now and then when you're making contact like that. And uh, Petri did get a hold one. I think that was also Sunday. Landed probably about three feet foul down the left field line. You know, normally when he's doing better, that would straighten out. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think he'll be fine. I think getting back home – get some other guys around him in the lineup to where mentally he's not sitting there going, all right, it's up to me. It's up to me. It's up to me. Um, you know, you're talking about adding LeCroy back, Wimmer back, hopefully at some point McGillis back. Um, you know, those are guys that have all come through in clutch situations this year for South Carolina. So, uh, you know, I, I think Ethan could probably press less uh, and, and relax a little bit with, with some of those guys back and, uh, and that, that's a mental thing. And, and look, I'll, I'll say this too: it's it's just going to take one or two for him to get off the off the out of the slump. I mean, he he's a good enough hitter to where you know he gets up there, makes contact, hits one over the fence, has an RBI double or whatever. That's going to get him going again. Um, same thing with anybody else that's struggling at the plate. I, 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I've seen this team rebound and, you know, let different guys step up at the plate every night just about the whole year. So uh, I'm not overly concerned about it, but I do feel like if the Gamecocks are going to finish 4-0, which I think would put them back in the conversation for a national seed or make some noise in Hoover, which they normally don't do or whatever, that, that Ethan Petrie is a key, key part to that. Uh, just like he's been a key to the, the season the whole year. So uh, I definitely agree with you there. I think uh, I think tonight's tonight's a good start. They owe the Charlotte team one. Uh, Charlotte came to town last year late in the year and beat up on a beat-up Gamecock team and had, looked like they had a lot of fun doing it. And then, <laughs> lo and behold, beat them in, 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 uh, in Truist uh, in Charlotte earlier this year in a midweek game. So, the Gamecocks owe this group. I mean, it, it's, time to, it's time to beat the 49ers. Uh, and so, maybe they have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder and, and get things right. JC, did John give you guys an update on Cole Messina? And also, I saw yesterday he was talking about South Carolina's postseason projection, saying right now they'd still be a regional host. What did he tell you in indications in regards to the importance of this week and sort of where South Carolina sits right now in regards to the postseason picture? How did he put it? He's like, get out the lemon juice and Gatorade and Pedialyte because it's just a cramp uh, with, with Messina. So I think Messina just had a cramp. Okay. Fair uh, enough. Okay. Oh, hey, believe me, man. I, I was about to jump off the porch <laughs> when he pulled up. I would, and the game was basically over. I mean, right. you know, and you're like, my God, is this seriously? Is this happening? Because you, you know what, Chris? I mean, we, we have to say Messina being back behind the plate, oh, all of a sudden the pitchers are back to normal. I mean, that's a big factor there, I, I would think. Uh, maybe not, but, uh, you know, maybe they just all kind of just came together. But I would I would not feel good if they'd have lost Cole Messina at this stage at all. But, yeah, fortunately for the Gamecocks, it's just a cramp. And then just the postseason projection, J.C., did he mention anything oh. in, rega- in regards to, you know, you mentioned 4-0 and this week. I think it gets South Carolina back in the top eight national seed conversation. I, for one, I'll tell you, J.C., I, for one, was surprised – and I, and I don't really – I don't let the the top 25 in baseball really irk me all that much because it's one of the most meaningless top 25 polls. And I don't say that – like, I like the D1 baseball guys a lot. Mm-hmm. We've had them on the airwaves. They do a great job. But, like, you know, man, like, once the postseason starts, as long as you're hosting a, a regional or what have you, or, hell, it just starts over for everybody. I mean, look at Ole Miss last year. Like, as long as you're in, you got a shot. But I was stunned to see the Gamecocks move as far as they did. It was almost like – 
D1 baseball waited until the Arkansas series to punish the Gamecocks for what happened against Kentucky and Auburn. Because that's when the big drop came. Like, because there's no shame in losing two of three at Arkansas, third ranked team in the country. You know, I get moving them down a lot after a sweep at Kentucky, but it seemed like they waited to do that. But, anyways, I agree with you. A 4 0 week, make some noise in Hoover. I think you're right back in the combo top eight national seated. John Whittle also echoed that, or what, what did he have to say about the, the postseason projections? Yeah, he thinks, well, I mean, he was laying out scenarios too. You know, if, let's say Carolina sweeps Tennessee, let's say. Uh, Vanderbilt sweeps I think Vanderbilt sweeps Florida uh, and then Arkansas no no I'm sorry Vanderbilt's not playing Florida they played Florida last weekend somebody's got to sweep Florida or, or win two of three against Florida and I think they're playing somebody good Arkansas plays at Vanderbilt though so if Arkansas you know then South Carolina can still win the SEC East I mean it's, it's that you know crazier things have happened uh, over the course of this season um it's kind of like the, the announcers for Arkansas said the other day, Dave Van Horn said, uh, this league is nuts and my hair is falling out. So uh, that's the Arkansas coach. He's been a coach for about 25, 30 years. I mean, it, it's that crazy. Um, but right now, you know, I, I don't think South Carolina can afford to go 0-4 this week and feel good about hosting a regional. Uh, I do think they will, with 15 wins in the league, that usually means you're in a regional uh, you may end up being a two seed somewhere because that, that, that would mean the bottom has really fallen out, especially with the two in barbecue and Hoover. That would, uh, that would, that would really mean the, the floodgates had opened, so to speak. Um, you know, I think if Carolina goes three and one this weekend, there's probably some sort of magic number in Hoover. They have to get to, to be a top eight. I think they'll wrap up a regional host. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't know what that number is. I think a lot depends on how these other teams do. I mean, you know, you got, uh, you know, the more Florida wins and, and with the way the polls work, Chris, it seemed, it seems like they punished South Carolina because Tennessee swept Kentucky, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so if, if you know, the the better Florida does, I think the Gamecocks have that sweep sitting there, you know, probably the better the Gamecocks' chances are. But uh, the committee looks at things a lot differently than the – the pollsters do it's an rpi and all that stuff's so factored in and all that yeah huge weekend jc upcoming at founders park with tennessee coming to town vols they've been a much much different team on the road two and 11 away from Lindsey nelson stadium so south carolina i think should has a lot of reasons i'll say to feel really good about this weekend but like you mentioned a pivotal week upcoming uh jc some news that just dropped and it brings me to, because I wanted to ask you, obviously, get an update on Logan Diggs. He seems to be the talk of the town, just took his LSU visit. Breaking news here, NC State running back, Demi Sumo Cargambay, I think that's how you say his name, he has announced his commitment to Kentucky. So, he is headed to play for Mark Stoops and company. Logan Diggs, it sounds like, may be favoring LSU. I didn't realize this, JC, until a couple of days ago, that he grew up 75 miles away from Baton Rouge. And normally those guys, I mean, he left once, but normally those guys, they don't leave. LSU gets them if they want them. So what is the, I guess I ask you this, like what's the overall outlook of the running back position right now for South Carolina? Because, um, again, the the NC State back going to Kentucky, Diggs it sounds like is going to go to LSU. I mean, where do they sit right now in regards to the running back position? He's, he's, you know, Devin Leary, who was his quarterback at NC State at Kentucky. Um, that's the connection there. I 
uh, in my conversations uh, about uh, sumo shark or whatever they call him, <laughs> uh, kind of like sharky or something like that, I did not get the sense. Now, I was not flat out told this, but I did not get the sense that he was like necessarily the okay, if digs does, if, if digs, if no digs, then this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he did visit last weekend. Um, there has been talk that the Gamecocks maybe slowed down a little bit on him. I'm not saying that's for sure the case because, you know, all's fair and love war and recruiting, right? <laughs> uh, you never know what the, the, the spin may be, but, uh, you know, I, I, I just like, you know, all, all of my conversations have been about running my position about Logan Diggs. And then I was told earlier today uh, by a good contact that, uh, you know, what if they don't get digs? Well, there's a lot of other running backs out there, you know, like, like, like what me worry for mad magazine, you know, back in the day. Uh, and so I, I guess that, you know, they have a plan and uh, I don't know. I don't have any names right now. Uh, there are a lot of backs in the portal. Uh, I think you really do need to get one for depth purposes. I think you want to carry at least five because uh, Chris, I was trying to think of the last season at South Carolina, you've had, a year where the running back position has like escaped injury free. I, I think you may have to go back to like Oh nine when Kenny miles uh, led the way. Cause when you think about it, Marcus and uh, Marcus, Marcus missed the Kentucky game second half in 2010 and then sat out the, the next game. Uh, he got injured in 2011, you know, 2012, they were down to Kenny miles again at the end of the year. Uh, I think 2013 Davis and Wilds stayed pretty healthy. You know, 2014 Wilds got hurt. I mean, it, it just in the entire Muschamp era, it was like musical chairs at that position. So, uh, and same thing with Beamer. His first couple of years, Kevin Harris was hurt, White was hurt, Lloyd was hurt. So, I, I think I think in this league, you you need you have to have depth there. Um, if you don't block anybody, you're probably not going to go very far, no matter how good you are at running back anyway. But uh, I do think that. If Diggs goes to LSU and then with this Kentucky situation, you know, that uh, you just got to go get somebody and, and hope it works out. And I was talking to Hale McGranahan earlier today. I said, here's what's going to happen. I was like, Logan Diggs is going to get buried on the depth chart at LSU rush for 200 yards. The kid at Kentucky's not going to get very many carries. South Carolina's going to sign some guy from FCS that rushes for a thousand yards. I know that's a Pollyanna uh, thought right now. But, man, I've seen stuff like that happen so many times. We all remember the the linebacker, Matt Rowland from Virginia, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and just the angst and consternation when the game – when Muschamp flipped him to Florida. Uh, boy, people were just – there was it was a meltdown, meltdown city. Well, the Gamecocks ended up replacing him with a guy named Sky Moore, who was really, really good. Um, same thing with uh, Mark Bridges a little bit when he went to Clemson. Uh you know, Carolina lost Jair Alexander that cycle too. That ended up being the big loss, but Rashad Fenton, you know, arguably had a better career than, than, than Bridges did. So uh, who flipped to Clemson. So you just never know. But um, I, uh, I think that outwardly there's probably a lot more concern than there is internally right now about the running back position. Um, I'll, I'll say this though, as a stopgap. So it doesn't sound Pollyanna-ish here because I'm not trying to get there. South Carolina has to sign three good running backs in this class. I mean, enough enough of this. 
they got to restock that position. You never know when one of these guys is going to leave. Uh, so your Daniel Hills, Peyton Lewis's, Anthony Carey's, uh, the kid they offered uh, that uh, J-Bo Shaw's coaching down in Georgia recently, those guys are priorities. Uh, and they ha- I think they have to get even more, like three, um, you know, or, or two high schools on a portal or something in this 2024 class, Chris, because, you know, not only – I mean, there, there's not much in the pipeline. Uh, there's Dontavious Braswell, but that's about it. I mean, this, this position's been sort of gutted. I think they can, you know, put it together with bubble gum and and, and masking tape and stuff this year. But uh, down the road, South Carolina really needs to get better at recruiting running backs, and that needs to happen pronto. JC, I know you're short on time, so we'll let you go. But last thing before I let you out of here, and I, I almost, I don't know, I, I, I kind of laugh at myself for bringing this up. But I feel like every other day when I log on social media, I see some new thing about, hey, man, did you hear that uh, Jordan Birch is going to finish up and graduate this summer and transfer back to Carolina? I mean, is there anything to this? Is this just people being silly on social media or, like, <laughs> is there actual traction here? Because I feel like every other day I'm seeing this stuff. Here's what I've said, and and, uh, and I'm glad, actually, I'm glad you took that uh, that post off my board and addressed it. Because that's the, the most to, ludicrous. To be, fair, to be fair, message board genius is the one that posted it. I, I, oh, they I, did. I, yeah, I, I, they I didn't remember. It. Yes, I, I was like, they posted it. I, I didn't. Okay, I so didn't they, okay that's what yeah, happened. I was but, like, oh, tweeting them. I just want to. Yeah, I am so glad. But I'm so glad people put that out because it said Jordan Birch got 200 grand a sack from Oregon. Look, I don't care how much money Phil Knight has. That's not happening. That's not happening. It's not happening. It's not happening. Uh, even if he may have been told that. Uh, it, it's that's just that that's that's one of those nil deals it's like i ah, will pay you later or something so um i cannot i can't say that these are just rumors okay based on what i know the jordan birch thing i can't say it's just a rumor there's there's smoke there now what's the outcome going to be i don't know because it's a unique situation the ncaa uh they can't put their foot down about much these days but what they i think they've decided to do is we're just going to stand on the table and yell and stomp our feet on second time transfers. Uh, this wouldn't necessarily be something though, if you can, you know, appeal it in a certain manner where you got a kid going from school to school to school, like grass is greener here. I was there. Yeah, like, like, you know, they, they want to avoid guys going, Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to TCU and get it. At, oh, well, Texas now wants me. So I'm going to go here. This would be a kid coming back home and that's a long way from home. And certainly, um, you know, th- there's a lot of avenues I think you could explore there if you're Jordan and his family. Now, I'm not sure where that is in the process or even if there is a process because uh, I have a good friend out at Oregon and every time I check with him, he's like, oh, right here thinks Jordan's just fine. So, uh, but I, I know enough about the situation to say I, that, it, that, you know, I, I don't, I'm, it's not a, it's not something that you should just completely dismiss as a rumor. Uh, I would still call it, you know, unlikely, but uh, I, I, you know, I don't want to sit there and, you know, sometimes when people start crazy rumors, you kind of like, are you, you bite back on, ah, come on, quiet, stop. I'm tired of dealing with this. I can't say that about this situation. I, I do think there's, there's at least been some chatter, you know, uh, from credible people about it. Wouldn't that be something? J.C. Sherwood of Inside the Gamecocks of the Big Spurg and joining us every single Tuesday. J.C., I appreciate you taking the time, my friend. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks, Chris. Enjoyed it, bud. Talk to you soon. Have a great rest of your day. Appreciate you.